Welcome to Wiffle's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wiffle. Welcome again to another Wiffle's Press Box Podcast. I'm Gary Wiffle, and I am joined today, as usual, by the one and only Jerry Tapp. Jerry, welcome aboard. Hi, Gary. How you doing? Did you ever get off the, <laughs> off the board? You know, welcome aboard. Like you haven't been here before, right? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. exactly. Today we're uh, going to spend some time talking about the NBA Finals and Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors. And to the surprise of nobody, this is the fourth straight year these two teams have knocked heads against each other. And your thoughts so far? Two games in right now. Obviously, Golden State is up 2-0. It looks like uh, the respirator is on for uh, the Cavaliers. It does look that way. The interesting thing, though, is if you think back to Game 1, had Cleveland won that game, you and I would be sitting here talking about the series at 1-1 one and one, and how quick can the Cleveland win two games and go up 3-1 to one at home. Good perspective. It, it's interesting to think of just how a couple of little things in the game can make such a big difference. And here we are talking about 2-0. I heard a couple of people talking about on TV that they think that it will be a sweep. I'm not willing to go that route, but it could go anywhere from Golden State winning it in four to Cleveland winning two games. And a week from now, it's sitting at 2-2 two and two thinking, can LeBron uh, you know, win well, drinks are on me if Cleveland wins two games in the series. <laughs> I, I feel that confident about it. Going into the series, I, I thought Golden State would win in five games. That somehow, some way, LeBron would will them to one win. I think that's going to come up in one of these two games uh, yeah. in Cleveland. But, you know, the thing that has really, really stood out to me so far after two games, and it sounds you know pretty trite, but the greatness of LeBron James. Mm-hmm. You know, right now everybody's talking about, okay, if they took an MVP or selected an MVP, it would be Steph Curry, and rightfully so, after his incredible Game 2 performance. Right. But if you're going to give it to a loser, you know, LeBron James, what he has done is, is absolutely mind-boggling. Right. Game 1, he had 51 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, almost a triple-double. Yep. Game 2, 29 points, 9 rebounds, 13 assists, almost another triple-double. Right. He doesn't have any supporting cast. I mean, this is a one-man band. I mean, there were, there were points last night in Game 2 where I said to myself, he's playing like one on five. Yeah, it almost seemed that way. Yeah. And you look at Golden State, and they're loaded. I mean, you, you go right down the line. you got arguably two of the top ten players in uh, Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green might be the best all-round defender in the game. I mean, he can guard anybody on the floor, and, and Clay Thompson who uh, still makes me mad every time I hear his name that the Bucks didn't pick him <laughs> and instead decided they, they would trade the pick for Steven Jackson, right. one of the great moves in Bucks uh, history. I mean, time that, time that, to that, get over that, Gary. I know, I just can't time let it go. Ahead. Every time I see him, I go, my God, he could be in a Milwaukee Bucks uniform. Yeah. And instead of watching some of the riffraff that has come through the organization <laughs> the last six years. So, Anyways, what, what was really shocking to me, though, as good as LeBron has played, I was shocked at the numbers. You know, for this series, he is averaging 34.6. I mean, not for this series, for the playoffs, I'm right. sorry. 34.6. He's 33 years old, okay? And I go, that, that's incredible. 
And then I did some research and I, I looked back at his, you know, illustrious career. Get this, Jerry. He has averaged higher than 34.6 in, in, in the playoffs one time. Okay. And it was like fine wine. He's getting better with age. Well, if you go back to when I think you and I did a podcast several weeks ago before the playoffs started, we talked about who would come out of the Eastern Conference. We basically, I think both of us agreed that it was pretty wide open. The one thing I remember saying is that my only fear was that LeBron James could probably put Cleveland on his shoulders and will them to get through the Eastern Conference, which is exactly what he did mm -hmm. and what he's doing. Now, whether he can continue it you know, in the finals, it doesn't look that way. And, and just for the exact reasons you just mentioned, you know, with the kind of firepower that Golden State has. But, yeah, it is pretty impressive, and I think you mentioned it before. You get back to that discussion, you know, is he the greatest of all time? Or is it Michael Jordan? Or, or what's the uh, criteria for selecting that? It is interesting to think about that. I guess I'll throw in my two cents. I, I haven't seen him play any better. There's so many aspects of his game that have improved, if you can say that for a guy who's 33 yeah. at this point in his career. But I still look at it from the standpoint of winning championships. Mm -hmm. And it would be real easy to say that, Bill Russell is the greatest of all time, or that Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. Again, what is the criteria you're going to use? But I will say this, if there's one player that can carry a team on his shoulders, he has certainly shown that he can do it. The only support that he really has had has been Kevin Love in these first two games. Yeah, exactly, so. and that was my rationale going into the uh, finals, that Kevin Love and J.R. Smith had a play consistently well throughout the series. Or it was going to be a short series. Yeah. Kevin Love came up big in Game 2, and he played pretty well in Game 1. Right. But J.R. Smith, you know, has been basically a non-factor. And, and you go beyond that, you got a bunch of run-of-the-mill players. Yeah. And as good as LeBron is, he, he, he's just... Yeah. Now watch now they'll win they'll win the next four straight games right yeah. no I I just can't see that happening but look at what happened last night with Golden State you've got a couple of guys at Livingston mm -hmm. and McGee that come in McGee yeah. you know what had, McGee. What, had he, what had he done for the whole playoffs and he comes in and makes the first two dunks mm -hmm. he ends up with what ten or twelve points and Livingston get you know neither one of them missed a shot. So, you know, here are their marginal players. It's not the right term to use for them. But, you know, here's bench players that are coming in and being extremely productive. You don't see that with Cleveland. No, you don't. And another guy that's uh, really stepped up his game in the playoffs for the Warriors is Kevon Looney, yeah. the former Milwaukee Hamilton High School Although player. he does need to learn how to shoot free throws. He does. You he know, was 0 for 4 last year. He, he, he did not look he, good. He was. But he's, he's really been solid, not, not only in the playoffs, but... It, uh, season as a whole, yeah. and the good thing for him is he's a free agent this summer. And I'll tell you what, you know, some team that has some money to throw around, I'd go after him. Yeah, he's such a versatile guy; he can guard multiple positions, and he's just a really shrewd player on the floor. And mm -hmm. I think if there's one guy that's really helped himself from a free agency standpoint, it's Kevon Looney in, the, in these finals. So, yeah. let's go back to that point about uh, LeBron and the greatest uh, yeah. ever. What's your take on that? Well, you know what? For the uh, past, oh, God, since 1998, the last time the Bulls won an NBA title, I've been MJ fan through and through. 
as saying he's the greatest player I would have in a big game mm -hmm. or big series, okay? Yeah. I have always contended the greatest player ever in the NBA is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm -hmm. And I saw Kareem come in, and I saw how transformative of a player he was. I mean, he took a basically an expansion team and turned them into a championship right. team. And even when they won the title, you can say, oh, yeah, they had Oscar. But Oscar was in the twilight of his career. Yeah, he was at the end of his Bo career. Bobby Dandridge was starting out his career somewhat. I remember, Jerry, a couple years ago, I talked to Walt Frazier, the legendary Walt Frazier. And I said to Walt, I said, do you think if Kareem Abdul-Jabbar ever wanted to score 100 points, he could have? Mm -hmm. He goes, without a doubt. Yeah. No question. Right. And I go, 100 points. I mean, the only guy that's done it is Wilt, obviously. Right. Nobody else has been close. I mean, remotely close. Yeah. So then I decided I'd go on a little mission and, and talk to some other guys. And I, I talked to the legendary Phil Jackson. Mm -hmm. And I said, Phil, do you think Kareem could have done that? Sort of hundred points. I go sure. He echoed basically what Walt Frazier said. Okay, right. so I'm going. Okay, hundred points. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I think the highest number of points Cream scored was like fifty three or something. It was in the low fifties or whatever. Yeah. But it was about two years ago. I ran into Kareem, mm -hmm. and I said to Kareem, "I got to ask you this. I've asked numerous other people about this. Could you have scored a hundred points if you wanted to?" He didn't even hesitate. He goes, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> Right. I mean, he could have done it any time he wanted. And last night when I'm watching Game 2, I'm thinking, my God, if Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in this series, it's over. Yeah. I mean, they have Draymond Green at 6'8", 6'9", playing right. center. they got Tristan Thompson playing center. Right. they got Kevin Love playing center. Kareem's at 7'2", and he might even have been taller. Yeah. He would have absolutely annihilated those guys. And you know what? You bring up a great point because when I'm watching the games, I'm thinking the same thing, but I'm thinking about how different the game is. No question. You know, you turn back the clock to the 70s and to the 90s, and, you know, when you have that kind of discussion about who's the greatest of all time, I think you always have to kind of have some kind of parameters in terms of how the game has changed. I mean, I look at... The, what LeBron does with the ball when he drives. Yeah. And it seems like every time he drives to the basket, his left arm is extended. Exactly. And his body, too. Now, if you were to take that and push it back 20, 25, 30 years, mm -hmm. guys that were defending LeBron if he was playing back in the 70s and yes. the 80s, yes. they would have been able to, to body him up. A defender nowadays, if he touches LeBron, there's a foul called. Oh, no question. So the, the game has changed. So to me, having this discussion or the argument about the greatest ever, yeah. and whether it's LeBron versus MJ, again, I'll go back to the championships. I always go back to the fact that the game is so different. And let's not forget, LeBron has played in eight straight championships, mm -hmm. but who has he had to go through? If LeBron decides to leave Cleveland, do you think he's going to a Western Conference team or an Eastern <laughs> Conference? You're right. That's a very good point. I would I would think he's going to an Eastern Conference because he knows it's not strong. You and I even protects his legacy, correct? Exactly. Yeah. And you and I talked about this again a few weeks ago. The Bucks actually had a chance if they would have gotten by Boston, where they probably could have gotten by Cleveland. They might have been able to get by Toronto, and could we be talking about the Bucks playing in the championship series against Golden State? The, the East was so wide open. No and I question. Think, and I think that's what LeBron sees and what advantage he's had over these last eight years. No, I, I, I totally agree. 
the other thing, you know, getting back to the greatest ever, I mean, we're, we're kind of going off the uh, NBA Finals topic here, but after watching LeBron this series, I am absolutely convinced, and I had been for a couple of years now, that he is the greatest all-around player that has ever mm-hmm. played the game, okay? I mean, in every aspect. I mean, he's a much better passer than Michael Jordan. Yes, he, you know, he, he's a much better perimeter shooter uh, than Michael Jordan. He's a much better distributor than Michael Jordan. Yeah. From a pure scoring point, it's Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Defensive standpoint, you can make a case for both guys. I mean, yeah. they're both exceptionally good yeah. defenders. But And by that same token, Gary, if, if you look at what Stephen Curry has done in this series, just mm-hmm. these two games... It's not so far-fetched to say he may be the greatest shooter that we've ever seen in the NBA. For him to make the shots that he makes from the spots that he makes them from, I tell you what, I used to think that Reggie Miller was the greatest shooter I ever saw because this guy could just fire it up from anywhere. But now that I've seen Curry over these last several years, I think Curry is the best shooter I've ever seen. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I tend to agree. You can throw a bunch of people out there. The guy that always stood out to me, though, when you talk about some of those ridiculous, you know, like 25, 30-foot shots that Steph Curry takes, I think of Dale Ellis, and, and nobody mm-hmm. else probably thinks of Dale Ellis. Like, who's Dale Ellis? But do you remember him? Sure. He, he had a brief like stint in Yeah, yeah and they had a brief stint in Milwaukee. Yeah. I was absolutely convinced that once he crossed half court, it was fair game for him yeah. to put up a shot. Yeah. His range was that extraordinary. But, I mean, again, Curry's just on another level. Reggie yeah. Miller, uh, Ray Allen, throw, throw him into the mix. Yeah. But, you know, just getting away from the players, though, what, what a great time, though, if you're an NBA fan, to see the Warriors. I mean, you're, you're yeah. seeing history here. I mean, Absolutely. you know, barring a miraculous Collapse. comeback. Yeah. yeah, or a comeback by the uh, Cavs. Yeah. They're going to win their third NBA title in four years. The last team to win three titles, and they were consecutive, were the Bulls, 96, 97, 98. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there was a two-year period where Michael Jordan decided to, uh, eh, let's try baseball. Yeah, let's, <laughs> For whatever reason, yeah. you know, if it, it was gambling purposes, as some <laughs> people speculate, or, or if he just wanted to truly try baseball. But yeah. then prior to that, they uh, won 91, 92, 93. But then the only other team in, in our recent history was the Lakers back in 2000, 2001, 2002. Yeah. So, I mean, what we're seeing here is truly historic. You know, we did see Houston take Golden State to seven games in the Western Conference Finals. Is Houston going to be that team that, are they built for the long run to challenge mm-hmm. Golden State? I don't know. Um, if Chris Paul had played in Game 7, would that have been a different game? Again, it's sure. a speculation. Yep. But um, we could have e- very easily seen a Boston-Houston finals instead of the fourth repeat that we've seen with, with Cleveland and Golden State. So, yeah, I think that the cards have all lined up for Golden State. I, I think they are a team unlike any team that we've seen in a very long time. And they're not going away. I mean, no. that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, this has the potential without a doubt, to be a dynasty. I mean, you can say it right now that being to the finals four years in a row yeah. and winning three is a dynasty, but think of this. Draymond Green, 28 years old. Mm-hmm. Clay Thompson, 28 years old. Durant, 29. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry, 30. Yeah. Your big four has at least three, four, maybe five really good years left in them. And it was uh, crazy again last night when I was watching this game. I was thinking, like, you know what? 
they haven't even maxed out their talent. I mean, I see so many areas in which Golden State could be better. I mean, they're careless at times. Yeah. They lose their focus. Somehow they find a legitimate big guy who yeah. can rebound on a consistent basis instead of right. playing, you know, Draymond Green there at center or, or McGee at center. Right. My goodness, I, I don't know who touches them. And I think the Rockets' window is next year. Yeah. And it might even be, be closed because who knows if Chris Paul comes back. Right. But I, I, I'm going on the assumption he does. But he's 33 now, and Harden's 28, and Gordon's 28. So they got a shot to be there for the next couple of years, especially right. if they go and get a free agent in it. I've been told by multiple sources that they're trying to get DeAndre Jordan from the Clippers. Okay. So if they get DeAndre Jordan, I mean, that, that would be a definite upgrade and put them in an even better position maybe to uh, challenge the Warriors. Right. But, but you go beyond that, and you go, okay, who else is out there in the, in the Western Conference? Minnesota has some good young talent, but I think they're two, three years away from really maxing out. Yeah. You know, they got Carl Anthony Towns and Butler and Wiggins, and, you know, those are very good players. But who else in the West has a chance? To me, nobody. No. Nobody, at least in the immediate future. And San Antonio is getting older. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get any younger. Oklahoma City's going to lose Paul George, probably. They're, they're not going to do it. Right. Uh, so I, I'm not sure who the next. The only thing we might see, Gary, is over the course of the next several months, is we might see some franchise or some team decide that they're going to try to, you know, pool their resources together to get two or three or four big names together to try mm-hmm. to put together some you know, mega squad, Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, are the Lakers looking to do something that where they could get no question you know, three or four top name players and, and kind of, you know, refashion their team, uh, you know, that can always happen. Yeah, it could. I, I mean, I'm hearing Lakers are all over, obviously, LeBron James and Paul George. Yeah. So you put them into the mix. Hey, who knows? They, they have yeah. a chance. But Golden State is such a cohesive unit. I mean, they are really together. And you know what, Gary, the other part of that, too, is what a great job, and he doesn't really get a lot of credit for it, the great job that Steve Kerr does. No question. You know, he's not one of those in-your-face guys, Mm -hmm. but he certainly seems to have a way of handling that group of guys. And to me, I think they're the kind of team that I don't see any of them leaving to go somewhere else to get the right. big money. Right. I think they like the fact that they play well together. I was watching a TV program this morning, and they were talking about how Kevin Durant, I think, went, what, 8 for 22 in game mm-hmm. one, but yet was like 8 for 12 last night. Came out firing. And yeah. it was just the simple matter of of Durant went from game one where he did a lot of isolated and solo yeah. stuff to where – Apparently, Steve Kerr said to him, just trust your teammates. Mm -hmm. And you saw that last night. You didn't see Durant trying to go one-on-one. You saw a lot of ball movement. You saw Durant, you know, making great passes. You saw guys making great passes to him. So to me, again, Steve Kerr is one of those guys that seems to have figured out a way to get these guys to play together and to get them to believe that they maybe they can be one of the greatest teams. And don't, I, I think, lose sight of the fact that Kerr did play on those Bulls teams. Yeah, absolutely. He, he, saw, he saw what those dynasties were like. And so I think he probably, there's a little bit of him that in the back of his mind, he knows how to you know navigate those players to make them believe 
what they need to do to get them to be a dynasty. Yeah, and you know the other thing I've noticed, I've talked to Steve Kerr on multiple occasions. I've talked to Brad Stevens on multiple occasions. The one thing those two have in common is an uncanny knack to relate to anyone. Mm-hmm. They can come up to any player, any person, and, and really relate to them and get their message across. Yeah. And they're not condescending. You know, Kerr has a little wit to him. Yeah, yeah, you know, he'll he'll throw the dagger at you once in a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But but these are guys that have just great communication skills. Yeah. And uh, the fact that he had been in championship finals before, you know, is another plus for the guy. Absolutely. But, but you, you you raise a good point. I think he, he's just a tremendous coach because mm-hmm. you can have all the talents in the world. That doesn't guarantee you you're going to win titles. Yeah. yeah, and you look at a guy like Draymond Green. Draymond Green, again, for whatever it's worth, and I think somebody mentioned it during the broadcast last night, if Draymond Green is not making his shots, he's not going to take any more shots. Exactly. But you know what? He's going to figure out how to set picks, pass the ball, rebound, defend. You know, we've talked about the Bucks. what they need. The Bucks need a Draymond Green kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Somebody who just is going to go in there that doesn't care if he's scoring, you know, 18, 20 points a game. Exactly. Somebody that's got to do the dirty work. And so kudos to Kerr because he's got somebody like Draymond Green. Although, you know, I think a lot of people get annoyed with his antics. But you know what? If the guy's going to play like that and, and almost gets a triple-double every game, plus he, he, what, he had five steals in game one and, and two block shots. You know, I, I kind of hate this phrase, but it's the old, uh, you know, stat stuffer. Mm-hmm. But he really is that kind of player that all these little things he does on the court. You know who he reminds me of? And don't go saying like, oh, yeah, he's just like him because he's not. But I see him as being a Dennis Rodman type. He's just like him. He's oh, Rodman. Told, oh, I'm sorry. You told me not to say that. No, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, Rodman was the ultimate team player. Yeah, you yes. know, he, he did what was necessary. I, I saw Rodman literally pass up three-foot shots mm-hmm. because he didn't know if he was going to make them. Right. So he would throw the ball back out to somebody that could yeah. shoot the ball. Right. You know, and I see Draymond Green being that, you know, yeah. a guy that just leaves it on the floor. That's what he, Rodman was. Rodman yeah. was just ruthless, yeah. relentless. He just came after you, play after play, and played with, with, with such high emotions. And, yeah. And that's the way Draymond Green is. I mean, and I, I would love to talk to Steve Kerr about that, If how much he sees Dennis Rodman that's a great and question. Draymond Green because they are players that are you tend to overlook, but they are so important to your team. A lot of similarities between those two guys. Absolutely. So, anyways, uh, any other thoughts on uh, the NBA Finals as we uh, you know, wrap up another stellar podcast here? <laughs> <laughs> as I said before, I would not be surprised if Golden State wins the next two in Cleveland. But then again, I would not be surprised if Cleveland took the next two at home. And a week from now, we're sitting at two and two. I do think that if Cleveland loses game three, I think they will lose game four. I just don't see Cleveland recovering from a 0-3 deficit. But if they can pick up the win on Wednesday night and then it's only 2-1 to one and they've got another home game in Game 4, I could see them really getting fired up to the point of thinking, you know what, we can go back to Golden State being tied at 2-2. Two and two. So, so obviously before the series started, you picked Golden you, State to win in I how many games? I, the same thing that you did. I picked them in five. Yeah, and I'm sticking by my prediction in five, yeah. too. I really think that they might lose one of the games in Cleveland and then go, wrap it up on their home floor yeah. you know, at, at Golden State. So, uh, yeah. And if they do that, they're on their way to becoming one of the greatest teams of all time. So, No doubt there. 
Well, as usual, thank you for your time thank and your you. insight, which is always invaluable and <laughs> highly appreciated. <laughs> and uh, thank, Not a problem. Thank you very much for uh, listening to another Wolf Wolf's podcast. Take care. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWuffle and WuffelsPressBox.com.